Om Gyanatimarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksuran Mulatam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Swapadantikam Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Shivas Adi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So uh, excuse the noise in the background um, I wasn't able to give the class last Sunday um, because we had a uh, an initiation ceremony and uh, this week I'm moving from upstate New York to uh, to uh, I'm going back to New Jersey. It's been a wonderful week upstate New York. Um, by Krishna's grace. Yeah, right on roads that don't have that right thing. So excuse me if it's a little bit um, if it's a little bit noisy. If it gets too bad, I will um, stop. Um, yeah, going slow in the best lane is also the best. Um, we finished the 15th chapter of the, uh, the Bhagavatam, um, last week. We didn't actually finish it, but the end of it begins another story. And, uh, I'm not yet, um, beginning a new story. I think I'm going to do the Akura Lila. Now, the Akura Lila is one of the most important stories. I've done it before, but I have new notes of uh, commentaries, which I'm going to study. But the Akura Lila is one of the most important Lilas. And one of the reasons I say it's one of the most important Lilas is because it's one that Lord Chaitanya talked about specifically in terms of his mission and what was his mission his mission was to the internal part of his mission was to to experience the ecstasy of his topmost devotee Sri Radha at the height of her ecstasy. And those sentiments are expressed in the end of the Akura Lila because the story of Akura is um, he's actually this great devotee and and I don't want to go into the story but he he his objective is, is, is Vrindavan because Krishna is there. And he'd make any sacrifice he possibly can get. He makes any sacrifice he possibly can get to be in Vrindavan. And the sacrifice he has to make is he has to work as the minister of Kamsa. Knowing that Matara, where Kamsa has his... his um, his capital 
is just a short distance from Vrindavan. Um, and he's going to take Krishna from Vrindavan. So two things happen, which I think is very, very important. We see what is the consciousness of a devotee that brings him to Vrindavan. And Vrindavan is not just a physical thing. It's a matter of consciousness. We go to Vrindavan because it is the easiest place to awaken that consciousness. But it's the consciousness, not just the physical, not just standing there, but developing the consciousness. It's better to be out of Vrindavan with consciousness in Vrindavan than in Vrindavan with consciousness thinking out, thinking of some other place. But actually, even just speaking this, I'm feeling separation because usually at this time, I'm kind of winding up my stay and preparing to go to Vrindavan. And um, still, till at least till the end of September, that's when they'll make an, a decision. So, um, and I get messages from people in Vrindavan and it's such a special time there because, you know, with the country stopping the, um, You know, the pollution and all the things that externally cover Vrindavan, but only externally. Um, so I thought I would speak on that Leela and then uh, so the conscience of going to Vrindavan. And then the, the consciousness we want to stay in Vrindavan. And that's the mood of attachment and separation from Krishna. Because we actually see the height of that devotion. And devotion means happiness. Because devotion is the essence, Krishna Prem is the essence of Krishna's pleasure potency. So what is God? God is the enjoyer. There's no sense being controller without being enjoyer. If we, if we get accoutrements of power, if we get things that we want, we get money, we get fame, we get whatever we get, some ability, on the material conception, we do that to control so that we can enjoy. I use the term, conform the world to our own desires. Of course, when God conforms the world to his desires, it's not selfish. Of course, it's best for everyone. And God is love. So his, his pleasure is also the pleasure of his own devotees. It's pure. But anyway, we see Akura taking Krishna out of Vrindavan and the sentiment that we can't imagine what, what is love at the height? Just imagine love is God's energy. So it's the highest energy and it's the essence of happiness. So it's the highest happiness. So what is that feeling of love? What is that feeling of happiness? You know, every morning when I get up, I chant basically for two, two to two and a half hours. First thing. And it's very, it's, it's been quite concentrated. And I think during Purushottama Mahat, which is coming up, or Kartik, maybe my Monday morning greetings is our realizations. So, because the mind is so concentrated, you can think very clearly. And I was actually thinking 
our goal is to give Krishna happiness. But can we give Krishna happiness? Isn't Krishna already, um, what is that verse? Atmarama, Aptakam. Isn't he already um, isn't he already completely satisfied? So does it really matter? But this is when we deal with the realm of the absolute truth. When we deal with the realm of the absolute truth, you cannot limit the absolute truth. So if you can't, if you if you say that God can't increase His pleasure, you're limiting the absolute truth. And therefore, somehow or other, although God is eternally at the highest level of happiness, our devotion can increase God's pleasure a lot. A lot. So we cannot imagine what is the intensity of energy we can't imagine what is the intensity of energy of God's happiness and where is that happiness it's in the hearts of the devotees and their love who are experiencing the same happiness and if it's love in the absence of the lover, you feel separation. So it's described that that type of love is simultaneously like poison and the greatest nectar at the same time. Because the separation is love and love is happiness. But the separation is painful, but it's happiness. It's two things at once. Vishwana Chakravati Thakur gives the example Vishwana Chakravati Thakur gives the example that it's like hot ice dry ice. I remember when we were young, I think children can be a little insensitive. I was just thinking today, because I'm, I'm always thinking of things I may write. And I was going to write something about what actually is advancement in civilization. Because I was thinking that by this Chinese medicine and treatment, how I basically became cured of what, what I thought was rheumatoid arthritis or something like that, which was really, it was quite a debilitating condition. So I was thinking, you know, how advanced that is, although it's ancient. But I was also thinking when, when I grew up, well, what about technology as an advance? And, and what, what advancement is, is it can be technological, it can be not, but the symptom of it is not just technological. The symptom of it is what allows you to elevate your consciousness, actually bring you closer to God. So I was thinking, you know, you have technology and you have Facebook friends and even this is technology. It's great and so many things. But I remember when I was young, I lived on a street in Brooklyn. It was a new development built in 1956. So it was suburban. We moved there in 56. And there were 12 houses on each, block, on each side of the block. 
And even today, I can name the person in each house and the people I played with from each house. So there was some kind of, some type of, of community. Um, anyway, I got a little bit off track, but I can get back on track now. As I said, I'm dedicated to the people who listen there. So I was going to do that story of Akura and, and oh, I was talking about Vrindavan and something, the separation, but what the feelings of separation were. We can't even imagine when they said, Akura said, uh, he's, he's taking Krishna from Vrindavan. What are those feelings? So, and when we hear it, and this is what the Bhagavatam is for, and this is what classes like this is, are for, is when we hear it, if we're fortunate, we become attracted to it. And I always quote the French philosopher Voltaire, who said that which we appreciate gradually belongs to us. And Prabhupada said, we, we advance by appreciation. And that's what the Bhagavatam is. It's trying to give us a picture of what love and happiness is, which is rasa. Rasa means universal love, love of God. When it's nourished to its highest feeling, and therefore you have an image of the object of that love, Krishna and the subject, the devotees. And if we're fortunate, not fortunate, it's merciful, but mercy can be attracted by the right attitude. We can't earn it, but we can attract it. Because this is a very, very subtle point. It's very important to understand. When we say that that bhakti is mercy, it's mercy. There's nothing you can do to pay for it. But at the same time, why do we do anything if it's just mercy? Because God is merciful and we can attract mercy. We can attract mercy. A beggar can win your heart if they're really in need and you're compassionate. And somehow they can express that need to you. You'll give to them. And another beggar who somehow you're not convinced that they're really in need. You know, you think they're just doing it as a business. You won't get it. Now, the person who got it did something to get it. They were sincere and they expressed their sincerity and they really were in need. And therefore they attracted your mercy. So that's our, our relationship with God. That's why bhakti is based on grace and humility. It's the process of grace because you are getting something that is far beyond your capacity to deserve. And it's humility because you have to really acknowledge your need. That's why pride is so against bhakti. Because you don't think you have need. 
so you can actually beg for that mercy. Um, it's interesting giving the class in the car. It's harder to keep your kind of train of thought. Um, wow. Okay. Um, okay. I, I'm, I, 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 yeah, that, that, that's what I'll speak on. I'm really, it, it's to see, because Sakura, it says, Mano Rita, the chariot is the mind. We're not separated from God by a physical distance. We're separated from God by consciousness. And everything that happens to us is God's plan to help us invoke that consciousness. And that's his mercy. And I, I was reading, anyway, years ago, maybe not now, but I, I really liked uh, the comedian Woody Allen. And I had some of his writings, you know, and he, 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 he was being sarcastic about believing in God. You know, and then he says, why doesn't God do something, you know, to, to, to um, make himself known to me? Like, you know, deposit a million dollars for me in a, in a Swiss bank account. Um, and he would. He would. If that would give us the right consciousness and sometimes the things he does to us um, I remember lying on the floor in Vrindavan at the beginning we used to get sick yeah I, I mean so I, I got malaria and I'm laying on the floor and, you know, I'm, I remember exactly, I'm laying on the floor because it's a summer, it's hot, and I have chills and there's pains in my body. And I was just thinking, I can't chant. So how is this helping me? But as I look back, the challenges in life that I had were giving me components of my psychology and components of my understanding that have helped me to actually have that sincere feeling in the heart, to actually call out to Krishna and make the chanting of the holy name meaningful. I was, um, I remember the other day I was chanting and I told you in the morning, I, two, two and a half hours just to begin my day. And I don't know what the standard is for other people, but for me, it was quite focused. Um, and I was meditating on, and I actually wrote about it that an initiation, it's technically called Pancha Samskara. There's five reformatory practices. And the first one is Tapa. And Tapa means austerity. Tapa means heat. And it also means remorse. And the reason it's called remorse, because when you acknowledge your faults, it burns the false ego, and that's the greatest austerity. It burns that, that sense of, of superiority. And, and while I was thinking this, 
and it happened because I was having regrets. Because I saw the many mistakes I made through a lifetime of service, thankfully, the many mistakes I made that didn't um, nourish or bring a relationship forward that I could have had or something like that. If I would have made this sacrifice instead of being self-absorbed, this relationship would be deeper. And it could, things like that. Anyway, I was having regret and I was seeing in each case that because the initial regret wasn't deep enough, the initial regret of a life before initiation lived on the basis of self-centeredness and false ego and maybe there wasn't enough of a realization of that, then that mixes with your service and our decisions determine our fate or future. So I can see how, you know, mistakes were made and there was regret. And, but at the same time, I was thinking how healthy it was because it's that sense of entitlement or false ego or, or, or independence that kind of blocks that kind of sincere calling to God. And I was thinking how from that platform of regret, those feelings that come, that how much richer, how much more sincere is my acknowledgement of my need for connection with God. And it's a need for connection with God because that's what I am. I'm part of God. I'm not independent. But God is so merciful. I can participate equally in his pleasure if I'm in harmony with his will. And I'm just, I was just meditating on that. And how everything that God does and everything that happens to us is mercy for that reason. And when we have a drop or taste of what it means to be connected to God, then the price that you have to pay in this life is worth the sacrifice that you make, is worth the difficulty that you make. That's why one of the qualities of bhakti is um, atyaharas, no, not, not, that's not the one, utsahan nistyadarya, it's patience and faith, and the patience is Whatever I'm undergoing is a small price to pay what I'm getting. You know, I'm going a little bit all over the place because I'm not reading from a particular text. I'm just trying to um, kind of kind of keep the class going. I, I just didn't want to not have one. But generally, I think the nature of my class is that it has a theme. And the theme is the singular idea that unifies any body of work, whether it's a lecture or whether it's a writing piece of work, even if apparently not connected. And a theme really is what makes any piece of work very dynamic. I think that's why Monday Morning Greetings has been successful because I'm very, very careful in what I write to have a focus. And the focus means that everything is connected to that theme. It creates a certain dynamicism because you not only get the point that you're making, 
but you get the dynamicism of the point elucidating a particular theme where the point itself may not be as be dynamic it may be a simple point but if it's elucidating your theme then it becomes very very powerful so um yeah so i i may just kind of wrap up wrap a little bit for about 10 more minutes um i thought what i was going to do is just review the 15th chapter which we just had but it kind of went in another way um yeah um yeah okay i'll see what else all right well i'm just going to talk about different themes that are on my mind lately so I was talking about advancement and what advancement is. And if you think of it, what advancement is, is things that are related to the elevation of consciousness. Um, yeah. Um, Otherwise, you know, someone can be very rich and powerful and have beautiful things and, you know, but it is, is that advancement. Prabhupada would put it in a simple way. He said, uh, it's kind of Prabhupada's simple analogy. He, he, he gave the example. He said, what is advancement? Now, I'm in a car right now. Um, and... Two weeks ago, it was a Tesla. So you wouldn't even hear the engine. And the driver can be sleeping and the car drives itself. So I was quite impressed with that Tesla. Nothing on the, nothing on the dashboard except a computer and, you know, no sound. And just imagine you never have to take it in for repairs. This is no engine, just one big battery but what am I doing with it? And what am, where am I going with it? That's really the point. So Prabhupada said, if, if your objective is just, um, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, if that's your objective, and they're very powerful people. They're, they, they're, 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 they're in fear. They're protecting their property. They're protecting their ego. They're defending, their objective is sex life, good food. So Prabhupada said the dog is going on four legs, we're going on a car. But if the consciousness, if the consciousness is not elevated, then we can't actually say it's advanced. And it's same thing, it's a very, very interesting thing in terms of bhakti. What really makes something devotional is not the activity, but the goal. Because you can imagine in a Vedic society, someone can be a grihasta. And his activities may be exactly the same practically as another person who's not a devotee. There's some kind of piety but his objective was bhakti, his objective was love. The objective is so important. I was just reading a, ver uh, a commentary by Prabhupada where he described that someone may be addicted to sense gratification, but he shouldn't feel gu guilty, he should feel humble. If he repents, in other words, if he knows that is not his goal, two people, they may be doing the same sinful activity. They may be doing the exact same sinful activity, but one has an objective, a goal, and that goal makes him, makes him or her humble. Someone was telling me a story the other day about 
these two brothers that were traveling and they got caught in the rain. It's a whole story. And the younger brother, they, 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 it was pouring and they saw a house and they knocked on the house and, and the door opened and they said, you know, it's such a bad storm. Can we take shelter here? Can we take shelter here? It's such a bad storm. Can we take shelter here? They said, okay. The lady said, yeah, come and just sit, sit over there. And then the younger brother realized that it was a brothel. He realized that it was a brothel. He said, I'm not going to stay here. This is against my principle. The, the, the older brother said, well, I, I can't go any place now in that rain, right? It's like if someone's over 70 wants to take a plane ride, you know, the younger person, they say, well, I'm going to take the plane ride. The older one says, well, I'm not going to take it. I'm afraid of COVID. Why is the... Anyway. And... So the younger brother, I'm not, and he left. And then the storm kind of subsided. So the older brother the next day left the brothel. He just slept in the, the foyer. Nothing happened. And the younger brother had made it actually back to his home. So he was going to meet the brother to continue their travel because they hadn't actually gone that far. And then they were walking and they met together and I, I, I didn't get all the details of the story, but the younger brother, the lightning happened, he died. Or well, they both died. And, you know, one went to a higher destination than the other. And the older brother went to a higher destination than the younger brother. And then there was a question, why? And I forgot Yamaraj. Because the younger brother was always just thinking of his older brother in the brothel. And the younger brother and, and the and the the younger brother was thinking of his older brother in the brothel, and the older brother was thinking of his younger brother in the home. So it really has to do with what your consciousness is and what your objective is. Of course, your consciousness and objective also determines a lot about where you are, etc. Not on absolute plane. It has some determination, just like the word for work. Karma is also the work, word for entangled in work. Because usually when you work, the reason you work is fruitive. And therefore, it, they're so connected that the, the, the word for work and the word for reaction to work are the same thing. But, and the whole Bhagavad Gita is, it's right next to that motorbike. I'll try to get over. What? I'll try to get over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's such a correlation between the two, but it doesn't have to be an absolute correlation. And that's the whole thing of the Bhagavad Gita. The reason why the Bhagavad Gita starts with a war is because it's making the point. One of the main points is what's spiritual is not necessarily the activity you're doing, but the consciousness you're doing it. And to demonstrate that, The work for God happens to be, in that case, defending oneself in a ghastly war against your relative. In other words, that point was so difficult for Arjuna to, to understand. How can you say that knowledge is uh, that that knowledge is better than work if you're you know if it's a ghastly warfare? But that's exactly the point. It's consciousness. And I mean, I think that's a basic point of bhakti that I always make, that it's dedication and not renunciation.
it's consciousness. Um, let me see. Uh, well, I'm going pretty good. I'll go a few more minutes and then we can say hello and ask questions. The problem is, is I can't connect the points I'm making because the, the driving, but it's actually going much, much smoother than I thought. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of pretty happy I was able to give something today. Uh, last thing is, uh, uh, if you haven't listened, please try to listen to my Radostomy lectures uh, the past week. We really had fun with that. I actually continued it this morning with the story of Radha. Um, and again, it wasn't Vrindavan, but it was one of my nicest Radhastamis because of the uh, consciousness. I think she's on now, but Varshan, Varshana Lali, I just initiated her. Many have maybe know her as Lisa Marchand, Lisa Day Lewis. Um, she had a, um, a second home in New Hampshire. And I looked at a map and every place has its pros and cons. But if you look at a map of where it's most green, upstate New York, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, New England, it's just densely green. It reminded me of the kirtans of Lord Chaitanya and Navadweep where they said when the devotees came out to protest at Chankazi, they were packed so together that a mustard seed could drop from the sky would not fall from the ground. So, and you wouldn't see that in any other part of the country. You just see sprinkling of green. So especially this time of the year, it's such a beautiful place. And the, it's, a, it's a log cabin, but not, you know, quite a elegant house, seven rooms. And, uh, and that's another thing how we have in advance. I was looking at that house. Can they build a house like that again? And you look at the ceiling and there's these beautiful, just tree trunks lining the... So we, we, I had some people were staying with me. Another initiate was named uh, Lisa. They're all Monday morning. They're all on the, actually, they're all um, Sangha members. And, and, and Lisa got the name Leela Brindavan. And then there's a very nice man. He was on this morning named Aaron. And when I was speaking about him, I, he has a camp for autistic children. And that means he has 10 people working under him. And he's the one that did. I just thought that kind of heart, that passion. I felt I that I felt almost he should initiate me if Bhakti's the, you know, Jiva Doi, Krishna Nam, Sarva Dharma Sar, the essence of all religion is to show compassion. Of course, on the highest platform for the soul, but that feeling for others that's so strong that allows you to make such sacrifice for them. He became a kinchina bhakta. And then we had the Radhastami celebration. Um, which was also nice. But I was also thinking when I was living there if you go in New York City, if you see any of those old buildings that were made out of stone <laughs> and the architecture and the, it's very warm out here in New Jersey and it, we're in a, um, we're in a traffic jam. Prabhupada also made points about traffic jams. He said, it's Maya Sukaya. Maya Sukaya is the illusion of happiness. Technology is the illusion of happiness. He said the cure, people were getting morphine addiction and the cure was heroin. <laughs> and he also gave an example that people build the cars so that they can travel. 
but then it takes you five hours to get to the airport, you know, because of the traffic jams. I guess people are going to the beach. Okay, we're moving now. Okay, I really like being with everyone. It's my great pleasure. If anyone would like to, I guess the sun is in here, would say hello, that would be nice, or express any reflection from the class. Anybody like to say hello, express some reflection from the class? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for the class. It was wonderful. Gloria and Okay. Great to see you. Still hankering for that beautiful city of Kali. We are hankering for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm sure it'll happen. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Kotagopinath here. Kishore Radha. Haribo. Haribo. Greetings from New Jersey. <laughs> Welcome to New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else say hello? Hello, Guru Maharaj. Namasaki here. Oh, Namasaki. Haribo. Good. Thank you so much, Guru Maharaj. Thank you. Wonderful class. Thank you. Okay. I really wanted to give something. Okay. Turn on the air conditioner a little bit. Yeah. Anybody else? Oh. It's hard for me to get because of the sun in this car. You don't get good reception, but good. A anybody Hare else? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna, it's Akiko in New Jersey. Who is it? Akiko. Akiko. Hi. Where, where is your spectacular backdrop? Um, I'm outside, so I don't have it. Oh, okay. I like to see that. I, it seems otherworldly. Okay. It? Anybody, anybody else? Who is it? Arvita. Oh, it's Vaita. Haribo. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. It's Varsana Lali. Varsana Lali. Hmm. Hare Krishna, thank you I'm for class. Separation from that house. <laughs> You're welcome this, back. I, I have plans. Soon I'm going to give you a suggested date. Good. Uh, uh, Amala Bhakta already said that after work he'll do the yagya of picking me up and taking me there, sleeping over and go back. But we'll see if it's it's available. Okay. okay. Sounds good, Maharaj. Thank you again. Oh, Haribo. Haribo. Okay. Anybody else? Maharaj, hey, I like Who's that? I can't hear. Who is it? Well, it was two of us. I was trying to say that I, I liked your point that... I can't, I can't hear you. You, you still can't hear me? Okay, who is it? This is Gail. Okay, Gail. Okay. Hi, right, bro. Yes. Yeah, can you hear me now? What's that? Oh, I was going to tell you something that I like, but I think you can't hear me so well. I can hear you. Yeah, good. What did you like? I like that, you know, any situation that enables us to experience the fact that we actually need Krishna so that we can call out to him feelingly and that that's why pride is such, you know, an obstacle in our relationship. Oh, good. Wow. It's amazing, Gail. You've heard 2,000 of my classes. I count. And still <laughs> you got something. But, you know, the article on regret, I, I'm dealing with that point of the dip, why it doesn't destroy low self-esteem, why it doesn't create low self-esteem. And I think I got it down. Great. So get, so get ready for Monday morning greetings, okay? I'm ready. I'm I ready. Think I, I got it down completely clear now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Looking, Anybody else? Forward. By the way, I checked the participants. So even if you don't say hello, I quickly look and I, 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 get it, I get a sense of the audience too. So 
Anybody else say hello? Hi, welcome, Raj. It's Joel Kaley. Wow, you are on a spiritual roll, huh? Yeah, double header. Great. I know, double header. Where's Kaylee? She's downstairs, so I have it in my headphones and on my laptop downstairs. She on? Yeah. She listening? Okay. Hold good. on, I'll have her say hello. Okay. Say hello. I'm on I unmuted myself. Kay Kaylee? Hi, Krishna. Great. Okay. Maybe you give me a call at the end of next week. Okay. I will. I will. Of course I will. Uh, okay. All right. I, I better leave. Karuna, how are you all? <laughs> Karuna. Okay. Okay. Good. It's a whole family. Karuna, you can call me also at the end of next week. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I will. Thank okay. you. Okay. How are you both? Anybody else? It worked in the car. I, I couldn't yeah. believe it was much easier than I thought, you know? Yeah, that's great. So it kind of worked. Okay, I'm going to go now. And uh, we're in New Jersey with all that horrible traffic now, you know? <laughs> well, we're not, we're not down south yet where, where it's more civilized near like Tom's River and Jackson and you know, those other places. Okay. I, what, what, what road is this? Uh, I'm not sure what road this is. Is this one of nine gardens? I think this is nine. Oh, we're going to be getting on 9S soon. I think we're on that horrible highway, Highway 919, the ugliest highway in the world with the worst absolute scenery. There's nothing nice on either side of the road. The pleasant looking thing is like a, a tow truck place. And there's some, of course, there's some used car dealers and, okay. We're en 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 entering the city of the luxurious city of South Amboy. Okay. All right. All right. I'm headed out now. All right, well.